Hello everyone, uh, I'm driving to Santa Cruz right now and I wanted to talk about how my last week has been. Uh, there were actually a few things I wrote down that I wanted to talk about but I, I didn't, uh, I'm driving so I can't read the notes. So I just wanted to, uh, what have I done? I mean first, uh, I got my website pretty much squared away um, as far as I wanted for a presentation to employers and then I uh, was going to start, you know, up heavily applying for jobs last week, uh, but I, I started doing this uh, for one of my Upwork uh, clients, I started, uh, he asked me to, to help him with another thing and then that led to another thing and then which has now led to um, some, uh, some uh, I'm kind of doing a part-time contracting with him now in his uh, startup, uh, but not not getting paid uh, not getting paid very very much. But uh, I'm doing it right now uh, for the experience, um, and uh, I've decided I'll I'll keep applying for jobs. Um, and uh, keep applying for jobs and then uh, keep working with him on his project and so um, that's going to give me some good, good uh, real, real life work experience I think. They're working on a uh, an app and uh, it's for creating slideshows like PowerPoints, so you can input text into the slideshow, and this the slide the, the app uses different APIs to collect uh, icons and pictures, and um, I think some other stuff, maybe some uh, like it, it generates title and uh, the title of the slide and stuff like that. So it's supposed to, you know, help you push out a slideshow quickly without having to go and collect the content yourself, which is pretty awesome. I think it's a really cool app, and I'm excited to be working on it. I've, uh, so far, I've, I've been working on um, the last thing I, I helped with was... Uh, there was a bug in the in the program because what's going on is uh, they're they're using SVG elements to uh, for the, the slides and the, the you know the um, containers of the images and icons and things and text. It's all SVG. So. Uh, and the, for some reason, they uh, they made the, the the parent SVG slide element is like huge. It's like twenty thousand pixels. Uh, view bo the view box is yeah something like I don't know thirty thousand pixels by twenty thousand or something like that. So it's it's uh, which causes kind of some problems with uh, with it. Um, in relation to other elements, I guess. So, so for example, like uh, the 
one it's kind of a strange bug but um, it was that we had a uh, an HTML element called edit, uh, it was an editable element which means that you can go in and change stuff so it was a it was a, inside of a table data thing and a table data element and so the editable element is uh, I forget what the element was exactly, but I, I, I think uh, the HTML was just called, the element was called editable, which I don't think is an actual HTML element. But anyway, it's, uh, the, the, the caret uh, was not showing, um, because the SVG was so big and the font size, um, I guess because edit editable, content editable is kind of an unusual thing that doesn't have as great of support as other kinds of text input. Um, actually, no, even the regular text input wasn't working very well. It had the same problem with the input element, uh, but the, pro you know, the problem is the caret. It's the, the little cursor that shows you where, you where you're currently typing at. So like when you're, you know, when you're writing in Microsoft Word or something, the, the little line, ver vertical line that appears at the end of the sentence while you're typing, um, that's what the caret is. And so the caret was, because the font size is so huge to compensate for the slide being so huge, there has been, the, the caret was too thin. It was like extremely thin because the font size I think was like 2,000 pixels. And since it was 2,000 pixels, the for some reason the caret didn't scale and so what you got is like, you know, the, the carrot looks okay even up to like 100 pixels. But so you have like a 10 times, past that it's like it starts getting too small. So you had like 10 times too small of a carrot because the, you know, 20 times too small because of how big the font size was. So the way we fixed this was uh, we fixed it by um, kind of using some some HTML and CSS hacks. We, I used a scale to um, scale up the elements and um, and some other stuff that I don't have to go into detail about. But anyway, you know that that was one thing. The SVG and it's con and it's uh, fixing the carrot bug. That was uh, the second job I did for. Uh, this uh, startup, and the first one was a uh, uh, using. Um, I created a tool, a JavaScript tool, to crop an image. So you can press like uh, left and right buttons or up and down buttons, and they would make the image crop from the left or the right or the top or the bottom. And that way, you could uh, make you know you can crop an image with with the interactive buttons. So that was the first thing, and I used uh, I used um, what's that thing called Clip Path CSS. So I I made a JavaScript tool that adjusted the Clip Path style of the element um, based on the you know, pressing of the buttons and stuff like that. So that was the first thing. And then now I've been working on a cool little right-click menu, uh, which uh, they called it a context menu. So when you right click on one of the elements in the slides going to make it so that you can 
out of the, out of the thing. And they, so you give you get a bunch of options like send to back or bring to front or um, such things. You know, you know uh, change color for text and, and stuff like that. And so uh, the right-click menu is going to be, um, you know, it's going to it's going to read what type of, of element you're clicking on. So whether it's an image or an icon or whatever, and it's going to show the appropriate. Uh, selections for that type of, type of uh, element that you clicked on. So that's, that's it's been cool, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's also been very frustrating to uh, work on these things and um, because, just because, um, because of the fact that I'm doing it in a contract style, so, uh, you know, when I'm, the longer it takes me to, to finish the issue, the, the more it costs, um, the less money I'm making, the more time it costs me and the less money I'm making. So, um, so when you are a beginner, um, you don't have much experience doing these types of things. Doing contracting is a little bit rough because uh, you don't really know how long things are going to take, and I think generally we tend to, uh, at least I, I think, severely underestimate how long something is going to take. Um, somebody told me once that you, uh, if you think something is going to take this long, for a, by you know, with contracting, you can take that amount of time and double it, and then you'll get the actual uh, closer idea of what time it's going to actually take to fix that thing. Um, but, so I'm trying to not get so angry when I'm working on something that's taking a long time, because I, I want to keep in mind that I'm doing this... Um, Primarily, I, I want the experience, and I'm glad to be able to work on something uh, like a real-world project and be able to get uh, get experience out of that. So that's been good. Um, besides that, uh, it's yeah, like a whole month has gone by since I finished my program that I was. I was doing a university program for web development. It was a year-long program. And I finished it, and it was, uh, it's been a month, and I was gonna start applying for jobs right after I finished the, the program, which I did. I, I did it for, for about a week, and I sent about 10 applications in a week, um, which is, you know, not very, not very many. I think, you know what, what I is pot for the way I'm doing it. I'm I'm writing out a customized cover letter for each uh, job, and it's taking at least half an hour for each job. I think I, I should uh, be able to cut down each application to half half an hour, 45 minutes. So I should be able to send like three to three to six um, per day, and then have time left over to work on. Um, my other projects 
and I think that's a good strategy. And then also I'm uh, going to be making sure to keep following up with the applications that I send, which is something that I had not known that I should be doing, but I you know, kind of found out more recently. And uh, I, I did follow up with a couple of the earlier applications that I sent, and I at least got a reply, but it was from a recruitment company. I got a reply back that uh, I mean, they said the job's already been taken. And it's been a month that's gone by, so I mean, it makes, it's kind of a long time, but I should be following up probably with the, with the person I heard this from was said, uh, his name is Dane Miller. Um, he said uh, that you should follow up three to five times and the first time you follow up three days after you send the application so that's why i have all the applications that i've sent in an excel sheet and they also i'm doing it on indeed so they give you a list on indeed of all the things you've sent so i go and uh go, go in there and um what's it called you know i uh just go down the list and check I go, I go to the, type in the company name or the recruitment agency's na uh, name on Google and then go find some, an email that I can email, even if it's like a um, support email or something, just somebody's email so you, somebody can get this, uh, somebody can get, you know, it's like a real person can see your, um, that you're trying to, to you know, make contact with them because I'm pretty sure Indeed doesn't let you follow up with employers. I mean, get to you can apply once and that's pretty much it so um, it's kind of up to you to go figure out a way to get yourself in front of somebody's computer screen um, but I mean I, I've been enjoying uh, applying for jobs. I just think uh, I got it's been a slow start for me like I said a month has gone by and I've only sent uh, you know, 11 applications so far but uh, so it's been because I've been, uh, I worked on my website for a while. I think my website was kind of shabby when I started um, a month ago, and then I, I worked on it for a couple of weeks, and I learned uh, several new things, like I learned how to use Elementor with WordPress, and uh, I learned that I could just grab a, a custom uh, a template to, to base my whole thing off of, like on starter templates, which is what I was thinking, you know, like I used to see WordPress you look at the WordPress themes that they have examples of and you're like, damn, this looks great, um, let's do this. And then you go and all you get is the blank Gutenberg WordPress editor and you try and put some stuff in and it looks like trash. And you're like, why did it look so good in the theme example? How do I do this? So, I mean, one, one of the ways you can easily get your website to look good from the start is just to use, go start from a template and then just customize the template and fill in the areas that you can use and then, you know, add some things to make it a little more your own style, but base it off a template so that you don't have to waste like a ton of time customizing your own website when you're trying to, like, when, I mean, this is from, I'm saying from what I've heard from Dane Miller, uh, so when you're, I mean, my interest is not to, to start learning how to be like a custom WordPress developer, even though I spend a ton of time on WordPress just trying to make my own website. Um, because I didn't realize that I could use a template and use Elementor, I was just using CSS, uh, customizing the page. Uh, see, I was using CSS and the Gutenberg editor, pretty much that was it, I'm using like heavy CSS to style things. 
in WordPress, and I was like uh, thinking, why is this so difficult? It seems like it's harder than it should be. I mean, it's, it was easier kind of than making uh, your own thing from scratch, but still, like, it like it was easier than coding a website from scratch, kind of. But, but it was like not that much improvement, it felt like. So now it makes sense. If you use Elementor, it's basically drag and drop. You're like, it's like you're in Wix or Squarespace or something. I don't know if Squarespace does drag and drop, actually. Uh, yeah, so Elementor is great for if you're making your own WordPress website. And then, um, what else is there? I, uh, yeah, so, so for the following week I've uh, resolved to spend the first part of my day where I have the most energy to sending my applications and then later on I will be working on the, the contracting freelance project I have with the, this, um, the startup that's working on Slideo and uh, also um, my plan is to just keep improving my React projects or um, if I'm still not getting responses from uh, recruiters or employers, that means that um, that my projects are not enough or that they're not good enough. So as far as I can tell, I can't think of what else it would be. Or, or yeah, or my cover letter sucks, which I don't think that's what it is um, because I think I, my cover letters, I write them uh, uh, pretty well. Or my resume, you know. So it's, it's got to be one of those things, I think. Or, your, or perhaps lack of education, but uh, from what I've heard, you can, you, know, you can get into this field without a bachelor's degree, so. Um, so, I'm just gonna keep working on that. Um, I have uh, two, two full-stack React apps that I've built so far, and several more React projects that I built, a lot of them uh, from tutorials, or at least based on tutorials. Um, but uh, it could be one of my main weaknesses that I don't have enough React projects to show. I mean, I have like, basically I have two React projects that I can really call my own they're, but they're, but they're uh, well, in my opinion, they're well-made full-stack apps that show that I have a working knowledge of React, and then the rest of my React apps are pretty much just, uh, just tutorials that I've done. So, maybe that's not enough, just having two React apps and some tutorials as projects. From the guy uh, listening to Dane Miller, he said, you know, when you complete the tutorial, do you can put it on your projects page. So I've been putting them on there, even though I personally don't uh, see that as being a great thing to show to employers because they know what you're doing is following a tutorial, which pretty much means that you can do it without even retaining any knowledge of the program. Because apparently, a lot of people do tutorials, but they don't really feel like they learned anything from it. 
um, which probably makes sense if you're coding along and um, if you uh, are, are not doing it in a way that helps you to learn better. Like, I think probably a better, better than just coding along is to, you know, read the code and then, you know, first read the whole tutorial maybe a couple of times and then you just, uh, once you've read it, you can go and read the individual parts and then when there's something to implement, just read it once and then try to implement it yourself without copying it line for line. And then like if you really have to copy it, then just look, glance at it and then copy the part that you're trouble with and then try, make sure you come back and try and practice that so that you can remember how to do it on your own and the point is to like um, it's like you're doing a math problem you know it's the same uh, if, you, if you've ever you know done a math problem then you gotta it doesn't I mean it doesn't make sense to, to, to just go through the solutions manual and write the solution down that's kind of what you're doing when you're just coding along. It's like you're you're in a math class. And you're just finishing all your answers by by looking at the solutions manual. You don't learn from from copying from the solutions manual. I mean, you go, it helps you a little bit because you, obviously it's helpful to have the solutions manual for some reason. But it's it can't be your only way of learning. Like you have to do the math. You have to be able to do the math problem on your own. So I guess that that's where building uh, projects on your own comes. In. Yeah, that's another thing when you do tutorials. Is that I think a great idea is to do if you do the tutorial, do it once by what what I, the way I've just said, just by um, going part for part and doing what you can remember. And you know, if, you, if there's something you can't remember, then do it, read it, write it down, and then repeat it a couple times in your code. Like keep write it several times, that way you can remember it. And then uh, when you, um, but you can come back and then just rebuild the thing, that the app that you just built. Um, you know, just see if you can rebuild the tutorial without having help. I mean, that's a great way to, uh, just, just to test your knowledge. If you just, checked, you just read through, you went through the whole tutorial, and now you're like, okay, do I actually know this or not? So, you just go rebuild the app. I mean, that's even a great chance for you to throw in your own twist on the app, or the tutorial, you know, whatever project it is you just built. You can, uh, like, uh, what are you going to do? Like, you can, uh, Like one example that I heard was was you right if you're gonna how to make if you're doing like how to make a blog tutorial it's something similar is like how to make a you know maybe like an, an Instagram clone or something because instead of blo listing blog posts you're listing images and, and comments instead like there's kind of similar things so you can use that to. Um, just try one more time and see if... I mean, maybe you can try and build the, 
the tutorial over again before you um, before you try and put your own twist on it. But that could be a great way to, uh, since you already have the knowledge, it, it makes sense to like to master that. that I don't know if I've actually even done this myself before, but uh, but um, it makes sense though. Like if you need to um, the fire truck. If you want to learn how to do a tutorial, uh, you know, how to, how to learn the code in the tutorial, what's a better way to do it than go through it once and then try and do it on your own again. And then, like, if you keep doing that until you've learned, uh, until you can do it on your own, then, then that just means that you know how to do it now and you don't, you don't need to, you don't need to read it anymore. And that means that you can, once you can do that, then you can go and, and create your own, uh, your own version of that that tutorial so that's that's a way to go and um, yeah so that's been my last week so I don't know I think what, what do I have then a total of like five or six react react projects three of them three or four of them being tutorials so you know, I, I think I know that if I'm not getting replies, that's that's what my weakness is. So maybe it's not enough to have two full-stack React apps. One of them is a recipe collection app where you can input data, um, you can input upload images, and you can uh, upload recipes and then have them displayed later and saved on your account. And then the other one is a sleep tracker app where you can... Um, you can uh, you can input your data, different data points for how you slept, and then that it will sh it creates graphs for you to, to view your um, your progress on on how well you're sleeping. So that's two ways there for you to um, to work on your sleep. Uh, or, yeah, I mean that's that's those are two projects that I've created. So I'm going to go now. I'm almost at my destination, but uh, thank you for listening, and uh, I'll talk to you guys next time. And I uh, hope you guys are having a great time, and, and good luck out there with your, with your web development projects. All right, goodbye.